0: And welcome to a very special episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are talking about the New Mutants. That's right, folks. I went to the movies last night and saw the New Mutants in theaters. Uh, I know this is a point of contention for a lot of people on the internet, and I say that as a generalized statement only because I have heard uh, the AV Club and also uh, I believe uh, the MCU fan show as well talked at one point about not reviewing the film because uh, Disney had not sent out any screeners to anybody, so... Um, a lot of these companies, these review companies had said, I don't want, you know, my employees to be exposed to COVID or any chance of getting it. So uh, we're not going to review the movie. And I totally understand that. And I totally respect that as well. I think that's a really uh, a big move on their part, especially, uh, and I'm only specifically speaking of the uh, AV club, because they're the only ones I saw about this. But um, it's just a, an interesting stance. And obviously, you know, the article itself is meant to generate clicks by the headline being, Here's Why We're Not Going to Review The New Mutants. And it's like, ooh, you know, what's that going to be? But I smiled through that entire thing because I thought, well, I will be reviewing The New Mutants. So hopefully, my review uh, will provide some sustenance for those of you out there who are wondering uh, a couple of things, really, wondering whether or not this movie is any good wondering whether or not you should even go see it in theaters or at the drive-in or wherever it's coming or you know in the future whether it'd be something that you would pay to rent so uh, what i'm going to be talking about today i'm going to go over a few things i will start this um, episode by uh, detailing what I experienced in the theater through my a local AMC movie theater, and some thoughts that I've had on AMC's reopening, and then from there I will do a very quick, um, spoiler-free review of New Mutants. And actually, I will actually I will do a uh, I'll do that probably first because I'll try and make that super quick so you could listen to that and then you could come back and then I will go into full spoilers. Um, and honestly, I mean, there's not much in regards to spoilers in this film. This isn't like a, you know, a Marvel movie, a typical MCU type movie where there's millions and millions of Easter eggs, but there were still some pretty cool call outs. So, um, and, and so, yeah, so I'll just jump into that right now. So my, my overall review of this movie, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed most of it is probably what my final review would be. I gave it a seven on IMDb, uh, as my rating. As I was watching this film, uh, there were a lot of spots in it where I w- felt a little uneasy in regards to, it's funny actually, more more uneasy about just me being in a movie theater than uh, uh, the content in the film. But there were a couple of spots where it was spooky, and we'll dive into that a little deeper, but in in terms of a criticism, it was not as scary as the trailers indicated that it would be and I know a piece of that comes from the fact that it's a pg-13 film there were some interesting uh concepts and themes in the film that uh when talked about were kind of creepy but overall there was nothing that really made me go ah uh, which I'm honestly grateful for I wasn't looking to get spooked but um but so that there's that and then also I um I thought the performances for almost all of the characters were great the reason I even went to go see, well, the main reason I went and saw this movie is because I love Marvel movies, and um, so I will always try and see a Marvel movie in theaters. So I was really, really happy that this film ended up coming, uh, only because this movie was filmed and made years ago. Um, it was it was filmed between July and September of 2017. And it just kept getting pushed back. So it was almost a white whale in that regard to, uh, I had to see this film in theaters. And I ended up actually seeing it by myself. Uh, and that's due to multiple reasons. My my uh, my brother said he did not want this to be the first movie that he saw going back into theaters for the first time. Totally respect that view. My cousin uh, was busy. He had plans. Um, so there was that. And then my wife worked early in the morning um, so she did not want to stay up, uh, and go to a theater, and as well, same thing, didn't want to risk any of those, those health things, and I, I, respect all of those opinions, I think they're all valid, so, uh, so I was there by myself, and, um, it, it really did feel like a 2017 movie, it felt like a, a kind of a time capsule of sorts, where, uh, in watching it, uh, and it wasn't some; it certainly didn't detract from the film. But there were parts of it where I was like, "This movie probably would have played better a couple of years ago." Seeing what we've seen now, the expectations that we have now when it comes to superhero movies, and even back then they were pretty high. But this is—it's a very, it's a very cut and dry film, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's—it's it's a bummer in the in the sense that. A lot of these films are really trying to push the envelope. Look, I mean, you just look at like Avengers: Endgame and uh, Days of X Men: Days of Future Past. That was huge uh, in regards to trying something new, getting two different casts together. Uh, And this one just it was a very basic story. And what you see was what you got. There certainly were not a lot of surprises. You could probably guess a lot of the things that happen in the film. I don't think I was too surprised throughout. But again, sitting there watching it, I did smile more than once thinking I'm glad I went to the theater to see this. I saw it in IMAX. Um, but at the same time as well, I was like, I didn't need to go see this movie in theater. So that's what I would preface as well. I am certainly not advocating for any of you to go out and, and put yourself in harm's way. If you feel that's what's going to happen, I am not advocating you to do that. And I am certainly not advocating you to do that for this movie. Uh, my brother was right in, in that regard of, you know, this being, um, for someone who maybe isn't on the fence for this film, don't make this the first movie you go see in theaters. Um, but if you if you're you know you're free, whatever you don't you're not worried about that sort of stuff. You've, there's good social distancing in the theater. By all means, check it out, see what you think. It's it, it would have been if this was a different time, if this was 2019 or shoot even 2017. Uh, this would have been a movie that i would have i would have probably done an event around i would have i would have taken my wife out to dinner and then we would have gone and eat uh gone and eaten at the movie but we would have gone to this film we'd have seen it in imax opening night uh maybe had a little bit of a conversation around it at the end again not too much to talk about but um i was just really looking forward to it and especially because this is the last um this is the last fox x-men movie and, uh, there's, there's a certain bit of nostalgia and I don't even think that's the right word around this of this, the Fox X-Men era is over and you see that the minute the movie starts because, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the opening, uh, the opening intro where the the opening Fox, uh, thing, it now says Twentieth Century Studios. Uh, if I remember correctly, that opening spotlight of the the giant sign uh, said Twentieth Century Fox, and now it doesn't anymore because Disney owns it. So there was a there was a sort of, and it wasn't even a sadness. It was it's a kind of a. I, there is no word to describe it because it's not bittersweet either. I'm, I'm glad the X-Men movies are done. I'm glad, I'm more than glad that the mutants are back home at Marvel. Uh, but there still was a piece that I was, I was glad just to get to see this film. So I guess bittersweet's not the right word, but that, um, that's essentially my review in terms of performances. Like I said, um, along with this being an x-men movie that's why i wanted to see it i'm also a huge anya taylor joy fan so uh, i really wanted to see what she could do with the character magic and um, she definitely delivered i uh, she was probably yeah she was my favorite character in the movie for sure though i was pleasantly surprised by maisie williams i have not watched game of thrones nor have I seen a lot of what she's done, but I've never really been a fan of her. And just because, again, I haven't really seen a lot of her work, and I was kind of nervous. I was like, "Oh, great, she's you know the another Game of Thrones star coming into, um, to this movie." And I was really impressed by her. She did a really good job, as did um, Blue Hunt. And, and again, now we're kind of getting into the lower levels. Blue Hunt was fine. She did a good job as um, uh, Danny Moonstar, and we' are climbing a little bit lower now. I think his name is Henry Zaga, who played Roberto de da-, da Costa. Um, was good. He definitely did a really good job of embodying who Roberto da Costa is from the comics from what I've seen. I'm personally more of a fan of the adult Roberto that we see in Avengers World, Jonathan Hickman's stories and the new Jonathan Hickman's new Mutants. Um, and same with Sam Guthrie, uh, who was played by Um, What's his name? Charlie Heaton, who I know, I think he's got some heat on him. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is right now. I I think it was something around uh, assault or something like that. But in regards to his performance, I think, again, it was fine. I did not like his accent. I did not think that it was a good accent. Um, and I could be wrong. His character's from Kentucky. I have not met a lot of people from Kentucky, but I have lived in the South for a very long time and I love a good Southern accent and his was not good. So I don't know if that's because it wasn't the kind I'm used to. I don't know. It just, it seemed very tried and, and it, he was trying a little too hard. And then finally, um, is it, it's, oh, Ali, uh, Alice Braga, she plays... Uh, Cynthia Reyes, who's the doctor at the location, and she uh, also did a fine job. No complaints, but also no, like, oh, wow, you know, she was amazing. She was, it was fine. She did a fine job. But overall, as a group, the five of these characters, I liked that. I liked the team aspect. I thought it was cool. Um, but again, the story itself was so very bland. It was very uh, paint by numbers. And not in a bad way. Again, I've been clamoring to go to the movies. You guys all know this. I have been clamoring since March to go to the movies. The last film that I saw in theaters was The Hunt. And so just to be able to go see this this film of all films, the the film that constantly kept getting pushed back by uh, by the studio, it was finally nice just to be able to sit down and watch this movie. And uh, and yeah, so that's that's my spoiler free review. Now I will dive into full spoilers, along with, and actually before we do that, I will talk very briefly about the COVID situation at the theater. So as you all know, and I'm sure have seen, AMC has been trying to do the best they can to stay afloat, to make money, to um, get us to come to the theaters. And consequently, though, the theaters is one of the worst places that you could be Uh, to prevent yourself from catching a disease you are in a room with recycled air surrounded by other people who are all breathing and living and uh, while they have finally gotten strict on you must be wearing a mask uh, you only have to wear it while you're eating or drinking uh, you only have to wear it when you're not eating and drinking And anyone can just be like, "Well, I'm eating and drinking," so um, and I I, and we'll get into it, but I didn't see that happen at all. So, um, so I I purchased my ticket through the app. I am a Stubbs A List member, so um, that was very easy. They thanked me. I thought that was really. I actually felt welcome back, which was interesting. I have been very on the fence with AMC recently, uh, just because of the weird stuff that they've been talking about. The fact that the company keeps lying about uh, their financial situation. Like, I don't care if you're going going bankrupt. I don't care if you're bleeding and hemorrhaging money. Just own up to that fact. Like the fact that we had seen news reports of them bleeding money or requesting help, uh, which is not. Um, Shameful, I guess you could say. There's no nothing wrong with asking for help, but then you email your stubs list members and say, "Hey, we've." We've heard a lot of lies out there and a lot of falsehoods. Essentially, acting like a certain someone and saying that there's a lot of fake news out there, and I think that was the word he even used. The CEO saying um, we are in a great financial position. I don't know what these news outlets are talking about, but we are doing. We are stronger than ever. It's like no, you're not. You really aren't, and it's okay that you're not. That's fine. Just own up to it. And they kept doing that. So I've I've been a little peeved with AMC, but. When I did that, when I when I restarted my uh, my my Stubbs Pass, uh, a lot of good things came from that. They did not bill me immediately, and uh, I I operate off of my credit card statements in regards to my expenses and just the things that I buy, and so I didn't want to uh, turn on my Stubbs Pass before my billing statement was over because then I would be charged twenty one ninety five to just see new mutants as opposed to be charging twenty one ninety five at the beginning of the next billing statement uh, and then get to see, you know, X amount of movies throughout the month. So I was, I, but I was like, you know what? Fine. It's worth it. If I can help them out with a little bit of my money, I'm fine to do so. I, I get that. They are certainly not a charity, but I also don't want movie theaters to go away. So I was like, that's fine. But when I, when I opened it, they were like, thank you so much. Uh, we are not going to be billing you until X date, which happened to be after my billing date. And I was like, oh, awesome. That's great. So that was the first great thing. From there, they sent me a personal email saying, thank you. Like, we're going to do our best to, to serve you. Okay, great. Prove it. Um, but they proved it in one way by giving me a free large popcorn coupon on my app and a free large drink coupon that I can use through October. So that was nice and uh but then the biggest thing and this is uh, personally i think this is a huge win i know a lot of people could say that they're not doing enough and i i agree with that i'm not going to argue against that but when you purchase your ticket it blocks out the app or the system blocks out the seats surrounding you so um originally i was planning to see it in dolby but a little too many people were in dolby for my own comfort uh, so I looked at what the IMAX showing was, which was great actually, because it was a Sooner showing too, it was a 6 p.m. showing. Um, and there were like two people in the IMAX theater. And I was like, awesome, this is great. So in, for your reference, in a Dolby theater, you have a line of seats, and then there's a wall behind you, and then it, uh, a, like a level up is the next line of seats, and then a wall up, and then a level, blah, blah, blah. So when you buy a ticket there, you are on your left and right, those seats are blocked off. So no one can purchase the seat sitting next to you, which is honestly a dream come true because I hate sitting next to people in theaters. I have learned to enjoy it when going to see a Marvel movie because I love the energy of getting to be in a a full theater with everybody, but that is the only time that I like it. I hate it for a million other reasons. Whining kids, people looking at their phone, people eating, sneaking food in, crinkling wrappers while they're doing things, adjusting seats, talking during the movie, um, there's a million reasons why, and um, I mean, there's other reasons too. I just I don't like being around people in a movie theater. I call call me crazy. Call that part of of uh, uh, me growing up in and uh, nearby the Dark Knight Rises issue. I guess you could say or incident where uh, the theater was shot up. I've had incidents where i've been in a theater and seen very strange people sitting in random spots in the movie theater and i've gotten very very concerned uh and it's a to me i i would argue as well it's an irrational fear but it's there it's real so the fact that i don't have to sit next to people is awesome in imax that is not the same it's not the same as a dolby theater it's seats after seats after seats What do they do there? When you purchase your ticket, they block off an entire block around you. So the seats that are in front, behind, to both of your sides, and diagonally are all blocked off, which is amazing. So when I purchased my ticket, the closest person sitting next to me was two rows behind me and uh, a little bit off diagonally so I was like you know what I think this is going to work and uh, I continued to check as the weeks the week went on and actually right up until showtime I checked before I headed to the theater and actually a couple of people had canceled their tickets because they were no longer showing up there so when I got into the theater I was the only one of the only ones in the theater. There was no one in front of me. I was in row F, so the entire front of the theater was empty. The entire sides of me were empty on my row. and probably five rows behind me were all empty. And there's maybe eight or ten other people in the theater. they were sitting a little further back. And everyone that walked in, and I kind of watched them out of the corner of my eye, like, dear God, please don't come sit next to me. And um, they were fine. And they all wore masks, which I was surprised about. I know there's certain people out there that are, especially, I was very concerned about that in regards to the movie theater. I talked about that on a prior podcast of like... If you want to incite another shooting in a movie theater, force somebody to wear a mask while AMC is saying, oh, we should, you know, you you can wear a mask. Maybe you don't have to wear a mask. And then they they tightened up on it. So I moved on. But I was was still a little nervous about that. Like, are people going to follow these rules? And everyone did. Uh, All of the... Uh, all of the attendants and, and employees there were all also wearing masks, and I believe they were wearing gloves. I also chose to wear gloves as well. I wore my hunting gloves, so I had these giant camo gloves on my hands. But I didn't want to risk anything. I mean, it's it's a movie theater. It's not like, uh, I mean, I guess it is kind of like a grocery store. But like, I don't know who's been sitting in the seat before me. They say that they're doing rigorous cleaning, but are they? Um, and I think they are. I mean, everything looked nice. There weren't any weird smells. Uh, it was an overall great experience. And so I'm really happy to have been back. Bonus to that as well, my parking lot had like nine cars in it. So I got front row parking. Uh, and I'm obviously uh, my goal of all of this is to uh, keep movie theaters in business. I love going to the movies. Um, but if we can continue to keep it at this level, this is my sweet spot is (laughs) you buy a ticket, all the seats around you are blocked off. You get front row parking. I feel like I'm getting the VIP treatment. Um, but again, it's all because of a terrible thing and a terrible virus, so we've got to deal with it what we can. I will. I will say I am going to be a lot more judicious about the movies that I do go see in theaters and when I go see them in theaters. For example, um, I really do want to go see Tenant, and there's a great chance that I will be going to see Tenant, but I haven't even bought tickets for it yet, and I'm in no hurry. Like if they're available, great. If not, I'll go see it on the weekend. If not, I'll see it another. Like I'm not worried. I wanted to do this for New Mutants though because um just because it, again it was a special movie in my eyes and, and I think it held up in that regard so with all of that said let's dive into spoilers for this film so for those of you that are not wanting to be spoiled uh pause here come back later or for those of you that want to know a little bit more about this I will be talking about the entire film along with some development things that I've read on um on Wikipedia uh, referenced of course but uh, we're gonna dive right in so uh, like I said earlier, the new mutants film is just a it's 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 all right overall I I had a couple of let's go moments in the theater which was really weird to be cheering like that and I didn't openly cheer but I like you know there's some scenes in movies you can't help yourself where you start getting the like the chills and the jitters and you're like let's go let's get in that fight let's go uh, and I can't really do get crazy when I'm wearing a mask and and gloves but, uh, but it was fun regardless. And, uh, so I'll, I'll dive into this plot and touch on some of the things that, um, I enjoyed about the movie. Again, I wasn't lying before the plot is very, very generic. Um, but what I I think we're going to talk about a little more on this episode is just the, I guess you could say the what could have been with this film, Josh Boone was planning on making this a trilogy and, um, there i've got notes in here or at least on this this is all on wikipedia so you can find it yourselves i'm glad i'm able to provide it but um he had plans laid out for what the other movies would be and what other actors would be in the movie so we'll talk about that when we get to the end the movie centers around danny moonstar who um is a uh, she's native american for those of you unfamiliar with the comics she is um i believe she's mirage I am not super familiar with the new mutants. I'm an X-Men guy, not really a new mutants guy. I never got into the new mutants, but I love the characters. So whenever they would come into X-Men comics, I was always super happy, but I never actually, I've never read new mutants until Jonathan Hickman's new mutants that came out, um, during the house, house of X powers of 10. So it's, it's Danny Moonstar who's Mirage. She, the movie starts with her. Um, it's, it almost looks like a flashback. basically is it's just the origin of what's going on but she's on a reservation her dad wakes her up and says we've got to get out of here and she's like blah, blah, what's happening and he's like no we need to run and so they flee into the woods he puts her in a tr- like a hollow tree and says hang here well I'll be right back and he runs off and then literally if a second or two later he plops down in front of the, the tree dead she's freaking out and then all of a sudden everything goes black and when she wakes up she's in this hospital um, with uh, run by Dr. Cecilia Reyes, who's again played by uh, Alice Braga, originally supposed to have been played by um, Rosario Dawson. Which honestly, I'm glad she wasn't because uh, you know, never mind, never mind. Because I was gonna say that way she could show up in an MCU movie. Any of these characters could show up in an MCU movie now because this is essentially a throwaway movie for for Disney. So I hope. I hope maybe one of them would show up. That'd be cool. I think that would be super cool. But if not, I don't care. Like, I'm 100% fine and happy with this being a one off, self contained film that is just a summer movie to watch and enjoy. That, to me, that's enough for me in regards to this. But so the doctor explains to her, You're a new mutant, and uh, you know, you got to stay in this hospital to control your powers. And, uh, we're going to do our best to help you. And immediately you're like, I don't buy this. This is, you know, she's, and again, you've seen the trailers <laughs> you've been seeing the trailers for two years. You know that this is not a good situation. And, uh, remind me and remind me to talk about this towards the end. But after I got home after the movie, um, my wife was already asleep. So I, I, I went downstairs and I was watching, uh, my brother and my cousins were on. So we watched the next episode episode of uh, Friday the 13th, uh, uh, number seven, Friday the 13th, uh, New Blood. And it has a lot of parallels to New Mutants. And I was like, no way. I was like the synchronicity of seeing both of those movies the same night. It's also about a girl who has a telekinesis powers and fights Jason uh, but it's, you know, it's her discovering her powers and, and a, you know, a guy like her mental hospital uh, attendant is with her at the uh, the place where Jason is. I think it's Camp Crystal Lake. It was either that or it's it's uh, Pinehurst or something like that. But um i just thought it was funny i was like that's so weird like it's literally two, and, and she her powers manifest while during extreme stress which is what happens to every single character in the new mutants so we find out that there are four other teens at the um at this hospital sam guthrie iliana rasputin roberto da costa and rain sinclair better known as uh, and we'll see if I can do these off the top of my head. But we've got Cannonball is Sam Guthrie. Um, Ileana Rasputin is Magic. Roberto DaCosta is Sunspot. And Rain Sinclair is Wolfsbane. And I I saw here and I'm, I'll call it out right now because I saw an art something about it on Twitter and I was like, crap there's there's controversy around this movie right now like that's crazy. but it actually ends up being controversy from a, a wait while back or no no this was a okay this was an interview or an, an, uh, an article from August 26th of 2020. but there was controversy around the casting of Henry Zaga as Roberto da Costa. Um, He is Brazilian in real life, and the character is Brazilian, Um, but he's portraying a character who in the comics is of Afro-Brazilian descent. And Josh Boone, the director who directed this movie, he also directed Fault in Our Stars, but he said, my goal was to cast a real Brazilian and I saw 300 of uh, black, brown, light skinned. I saw every shade under the sun. It was the same case with Blue Hunt, who is the is Danny Moonstar. So in terms of casting a Native American, uh, my goal was to find the best actor who because of they've done so little work was at least the closest to kind of what I saw in my head for the character. Maybe if Henry didn't exist, I would have found somebody who was darker skinned, uh, who exemplified what I needed, but I never. But it was never about the color of their skin for me. So take that as what you will. Um, I don't want to provide any input on that, just because I don't know a lot about this situation, and and I don't. I, I'm a big believer in not reacting immediately to things, and so for something like this. There's not enough – I'm not close enough to this this controversy to provide any sort of comments as to whether this is warranted or not. Take it with a grain of salt as what you will. But if it is wrong, I'm glad people were calling it out online for it because – Maybe, maybe that is an issue, but in the film, I was trying to see I was like, I enjoyed all of these characters. I did think they were good picks, though I was wondering if Blue was Native American because part of me wondered if she had gotten whitewashed, but I, I don't think she did. And I could be wrong, and, and I'm happy to be wrong, but um, I don't think she did. So in that regard, on a macro level, this is a very diverse movie, which I really, really liked you've got a group of five kids and a doctor and that's really the only people in this movie are six people and you have you have someone who is Irish and I don't know if Maisie Williams is but she's doing an Irish action I'm assuming she is my brother said I think that she is so you got someone who is Irish and then you have someone who is Native American Brazilian uh, Russian uh, with Ileana who also has an accent and then um someone from Kentucky and that's I mean that's its own beast, right? <clears throat> but uh, you've almost every single one of these characters is doing an accent. You've got Sam's Southern accent, Russian accent, um, Irish accent, and then Cecilia Ray's is uh, Latino. So um, I thought that was incredibly diverse. Not only that, but a relationship develops between uh, Danny and Rain uh to the point a very romantic relationship which i was pleasantly surprised to see i was really happy about it uh they did a lot of will they won't they at the beginning of the movie and i was like are they trying to get these two together and then they did and to little fanfare like um they didn't make a big deal out of it it wasn't in your face at all it actually made sense and personally i thought it was great and i actually i bought into it i was like they're a cool couple um obviously you know they're they've brought been brought in by trauma and all again all five of them have had a trauma so i don't know a lot in regards to these characters from the comics um i know a bit so we'll dive into each of them but uh so rain sinclair Maisie williams her power is that she can turn into a wolf and in the comics she can turn into a werewolf or a wolf um i mean it's usually like a humanoid type wolf in this movie it's a little bit of that but she also like there's an actual wolf on set um and i apologize irish she's scottish and i'm looking at it right here a scottish mutant so she had a scottish action it accent it was fine um but so her trauma was that she was in a very religious community and a priest there she like sought out the help of this priest while her powers manifested and the priest tried killing her and was saying she was a witch and so she got branded on her back with a w and they don't actually touch on this in the film but i feel like it would be important to do so so she's got this branding on her it's a w and for which there's a scene where um danny is uh, go. they have like basically have school showers essentially and so she's in the shower she comes in the shower maisie is in the shower and she's like that's a pretty cool like skin art and she's like wasn't my idea and she's like what is the, what does it stand for and she says i don't want to talk about it or what you know i have a tough time doing scottish accents but uh and then she leaves and it's never touched on really again um, but later, uh, and we'll, we'll dive into it later, but that's, that's step one. And I'm looking at it like, how do you not like, she told you that she's a witch. like they called her a witch. You could think a W is a witch makes sense. Um, but then Ilyana Rasputin, she is a Russian mutant with sorcery powers and she's got, they show the soul sword. They sh- they have her teleport and use teleportation. She, um, she talks about limbo. She goes into limbo. And better than that, I did see a slight spoiler around Lockheed. And someone had said, is Lockheed in the film? And I was like, great. Now I have to wonder about that. But when you are introduced to Lockheed in the film, it is in the way of a puppet. It's a hand puppet that she has to talk to herself. And she um, she has a lot of trauma. So hers is in regards to these people called the Smiley Men. And so she keeps having these flashbacks of her. I think she was like a some sort of russian slave or something like that where she's like on a bed and there's these really creepy this is the creepiest part of the movie in my eyes really creepy tall thin and lanky men who are all wearing these smiley face white masks and they're wearing these weird like business suits what was interesting though is i have no i have no context on who they are but it reminded me of the character um what's his name the guy from who's in logan but all but not the one in logan the one who was in x-men apocalypse who his power is he can take away people's powers and he's like super pale and he i thought maybe that's who it was that like she was being visited by this guy i have no idea but it looked like that very very creepy um charlie heaton sam guthrie uh, he uh, can propel himself through the air like a rocket and they and is invulnerable while while doing so and that is so true they did a great job of that I thought that was super cool his trauma though is that he, he was in the mines with his dad he was forced to work in the mines at a young age whatever got claustrophobic his powers manifested and he killed everyone in the mine including his dad damn and then um Okay, so Danny Moonstar, we have kind of saw this. And and the whole story is in regards to her manifestation. When she arrives at the hospital, they don't know exactly what her powers are. And then uh, Roberto DaCosta, Sunspot, he can manipulate solar energy. So he can basically like the human torch in a sense where he can get really, really, really hot. And we don't ever see his powers right away. Some of them don't even know what his powers are. He just said something like, I run hot. Or something like that. I was like, okay, all right. Um, so at this point, you know, they're kind of learning and meeting with each other. We're getting the classic, and they've they've referenced this in the filmmaking of like, oh, it's the Breakfast Club sort of thing. You know, they're, they're um, Ilyana is very um, very rude to Danny throughout the film. And they talk about, you know, they can't escape this place because there are there's a force field around the entire location. Uh, This giant orange force field that's from Cecilia Ray's um, force field powers, I guess you could say. But she keeps implying to them that they are um, they're you know, going to be transferred to a different facility for her superiors. And she's like, I think you may know them and in in a sort of sense. And so they're kind of trying to guess. And there's a bit where one of the guys is in a wheelchair and he's like, you don't know who it is. And he like does his little hand to his head, like Professor Xavier. And I was like, ah, okay, there's their call out. And then Danny was like, wait, do you mean the X-Men? And I was like, oh, so they're talking about it. And then they're like, there's like the X-Men, blah, blah, blah. They talked briefly about it. They don't mention any other characters from the X-Men. Uh, but then the only other thing, and I guess we'll we'll get to it when we get to it, but um, again, Danny befriends Rain, and they grow in a relationship. She's really like the only one that's actually super nice to her, very friendly, and so they kind of fall in love, and um, that part's very, very nice. Like I said, I really liked it and um, but then all of a sudden all of the the uh, people there the kids they all start having visions of those instances where their powers manifested and and what's worse is these visions are starting to become real and uh, eventually uh, Ilyana she deduces that they are caused by Danny. she says like she's in our head and um basically saying she i guess at this point and that's when i was like oh okay and so from there um and i guess backtracking a little bit the doctor asked danny too, like do you know what happened that night uh when your father died and she's like i thought it was a tornado and she's she told her too she was like it was a tornado and it was like oh oh, don't think it was a tornado like when you watch it as an audience member you're like that's not a tornado but then at this point We're thinking, no, it definitely wasn't a tornado, but she's, I guess her power is that she has the ability to make your fears real. And as I look here on Wikipedia, it says she has the ability to create illusions based on a person's psyche, but they are real. And so uh, throughout this whole thing, you know, she's being tested on, the others are being tested on, and um, reported back to these superiors. And we never really know who the superiors are according to the Hollywood Reporter, but we actually do know who the superiors are. If you know a little bit about comics, uh, those superiors are the Essex Corporation, which we see in multiple spots, uh, including in the email that Reyes receives uh, from the Essex Corporation. So that means her superiors are Mr. Sinister, uh, Nathaniel Essex uh, which is awesome and perfect for this. It makes sense. They're, they're taking these, um, ki- kids who have had terrible traumas and turning them into killers. And we get a piece of that from clips, uh, from Logan. And I, I guessed it immediately because I was like, Oh, that's right. That's Logan. Um, there's a, there's a bit where at this point, um, she's like doing some more tests on Danny and kind of drugs her and puts her under just a little bit and in doing so that kind of activates danny's powers she sees into the doctor's mind and and that's hence those clips and it's the clips from logan of the kids who are in essentially in cages but those kids who are at the facility like shooting their mutant powers at dummies basically when they were training kids like x-23 who um Uh, basically raising kids to be killers. And so this group of mutants was going to be sent to them as well. And so at this point, though, after all that analyzation, the Essex Corporation shoots her an email and says, hey, you need to kill her. Like, she is way too powerful for her own good. Please extract some of her DNA and then kill her. And so she sort of does. She captures her willingly and is explaining to her like, oh, you know, my my mother was a doctor and, and she was a vet and uh when a dog had rabies you had to put it down and it was like okay but you know that she's about to kill you right and so at that point though the other new mutants are like kind of figuring this out as well and so they're like we need to help um we need to help her and we need to get out of here and the only way to get out of here is to essentially kill reyes because she's the one with the force fields so at that point rain goes into the vents and jumps down on reyes start scratching at her face she runs away they save danny but then um at that point everyone's fears start coming alive especially Ilyana's. and so a lot of those weird guys start showing up and fighting them they aren't even really fighting them it seems like they keep just trying to give them hugs uh you we know that's not the case but they just keep beating them and that's fine but um at that point we get kind of a rumble in the distance and Uh Reyes even was asking Danny, like, what was it? What was it that caused, you know, everyone to die? It was not a tornado. What was it? And so now there's been some talk throughout the movie about this little necklace that she's wearing that has a bear on it. And I'm I remembered from a prior um news uh report that they were gonna be doing something around a demon bear. So I was like, oh, is it like an actual big bear? yes yes it is and it's awesome so this giant bear shows up which is is essentially a figment of danny's psyche made real and eats reyes right right off the bat and so all the force fields kind of come down but then the whole rest of the movie is them fighting the bear and this is where my favorite scenes in the movie come from obviously it's the final fight but we get to see magic she's like i've got this and you know her sword comes out and she disappears into limbo and when she shows up on the like the front like you see in the trailer it's her and the real Lockheed and it's an actual little dragon on her shoulder and she oh I'm getting chills just talking about it and she beats up that bear uh, and Roberto da Costa says it multiple times in classic breakfast style oh she's so hot or oh wow she's kicking ass and it's like dude we get it but then, um, but then everyone essentially gets a little bit of time to fight this bear because it's a giant bear. It's absolutely huge. She does a lot of the work, but then everyone else does. And eventually, what happens is Danny decides to kind of face her fears and um, confronts the bear and calms it down into submission. And that's what and that's it at the ending. And so then, as day breaks, they uh, they walk out and uh they're like oh wow we can leave now like all right let's go and they leave they walk off and then that's the end of the movie there is no after credit scene which um is fine i stayed till the end but there was no after credit scene and um i'm just thinking of some other good spots in the movie there's a scene where um everyone's kind of getting their own little sort of hallucinations and roberto thinks that Ilyana is coming onto him in the pool, but it's actually like a burning, the burning his girlfriend. That was his trauma was that he burned his girlfriend alive on accident, of course. And so she's in the pool and, and it, that part was kind of creepy as well. But like I said, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was fun. Um, at most parts I, I can forgive a bad Southern accent and poor, uh, a poor, and it's not even a poor plot, but a basic plot for overall entertainment and to see Anya Taylor-Joy wielding the soul sword with Lockheed on her shoulder, beating the crap out of a giant demon bear. So to me, that is a win um, again, there was no other connections to X-Men, and I, I confirmed that at the very end of the film. They said thank you to uh it was to Logan and to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They there was there's a couple scenes where they're chilling in like the the main room on couches, and they were each time they were watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And there's actually a really cool and if you can catch it, awesome. Uh one of the scenes they show in Buffy is um, two, I think it was two women kissing in the sh- in it. And I was like, oh, is that going to happen in the movie? And then it did. So it was kind of a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, so this fi- the final piece that I want to talk to you guys about this is, again, that what if. And the what if being um, the future of, of this film. And, and again, this is on Wikipedia, but I, I didn't know about this prior, so I figured I'd share it. So well, the situation is Josh Boone and his... Um, josh boone pitched this to simon kinberg uh, originally as a trilogy and this is so but this is way back when so a lot of this information i'm sure has been forgotten but uh, in october of 2017 boone had said that the characters of warlock and karma would appear in the sequels and then they they were interested in filming the first sequel in brazil that Sunspot's father, Emanuel DaCosta, would play a role in the franchise. And then in March of 2019, um, Disney officially required Fox, gained the film rights, and um, at that point, things kind of just disappeared. But obviously, Boone had said in an interview, like, I hope the sequels get made. That'd be great. It's like, dude, it's, I, I get it. But like, you know, enjoy your product. Uh, But even then, he explained his plans for the sequel and said that he wanted each film in the trilogy to be a different kind of horror movie. The first is a rubber reality supernatural horror movie, which I I agree with. The second one would have been an alien invasion film featuring Warlock. And the third would have been an apocalyptic horror film inspired by the comic book crossover Inferno, which is, that's awesome. Um, and then he, he confirmed the second film would have been set in Brazil and Antonio Banderas would have been Emmanuel da-, da Costa. Karma was to be introduced as the villain of the sequel, but would have joined the New Mutants by the end of the film alongside Warlock. Boone added that Emmanuel da Costa's connections to the Hellfire Club would have been explored in the first sequel and said the overall tone of that film would have still been inspired by Claremont and Sinkiewicz's run. Uh, Boone had wanted Sasha Baron Cohen to portray Warlock through the motion motion capture uh, and discussed that role with him before obviously all of this is gone. So to me, and I based off of this movie, I have no doubt that the other two films would have probably been better. If this one had been well-received, people had gone to see it, they would have probably funded it more. They would have been able to actually do reshoots. I know that's something that a lot of people look down on. Oh, a movie does reshoots. I've been learning quite recently that um, most movies do, 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 reshoots. It's a very normal thing. I mean, it makes sense, right? You film all your scenes and then you get into the the, uh, editing room and you're looking at stuff and you go, man, I wish we could have gotten a shot like this. Well we can. We can do some research or some reshoots. Uh but actually that did not happen. So they were planning on doing reshoots and then Disney acquired Fox and at that point they didn't do any and they just um they just did the editing. But what I thought was really nice and this is something that I saw here in terms of the release was it says after the film was completed Um, Boone reunited with the cast for the official screening in New York City, which this uh, is coming from, this was in March of 2015. But Maisie Williams said, the movie is exactly the movie we set out to make. And I get that there's always that in the moment type of marketing where, oh, this is the best movie I've ever made. This is the most fun I've ever had on set. Everyone says that for the marketing, but taking it at face value, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm glad that this movie as okay and good as it is it certainly isn't the best x-men movie ever and it also isn't the worst but i'm glad it's what they wanted it to be and i i'm really happy for that i'm happy that this movie exists and i'm happy that i can i i'll probably watch it again i'll watch it one more time for sure because i i would love to see magic kick butt again i i really want that but it's just—it's nice to think that okay, cool, we're done. Now we can move on to Marvel's mutants and actually have them in the MCU. This was a great—a great coda, you could say, and certainly a better—a better taste was left in my mouth from this film instead of uh, the Dark Dark, dark Phoenix, uh, which is again I think i liked that movie more than most but it still wasn't that good so um so that's it that's the that is my overall spoiler um kind of spoiler discussion for this film you heard my review at the beginning of this uh and again i will say this movie is not worth your health to go and risk yourself in a movie theater to possibly catch uh the coronavirus it is not worth it it is totally okay to wait and see this film when it comes to digital or physical release or to go see it in a drive-in or again if you're feeling froggy and you want to go check it out in theaters more power to you but you do not need to this is not avengers Endgame level uh content so with that said uh we will wrap this up so for comics and cinema I'm your host, Alex Klein. You can find me on Twitter at A Robots Wink or Instagram also at A Robots Wink. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you at the movies.